Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com, ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, stands for Next Level Agents, and please leave us a five-star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. Like I said, I've seen you from afar for 18 years and just scale something. And like I said, we've only been like probably good friends now for two years and it's nothing cooler. Like we'll go back to where we started on this. When this person, dude, this person, I won't say the name, like literally knows you well and me well. I was like, still sells real estate. And I'm like, he wins. It's I always said there's levels to this game that like, if you just thought about what I said, my process is like, I don't want to do that. I do it. Like you've literally perfected that in my opinion, because if someone was like, Hey, I don't even know that he sells real estate and he sells a lot of real estate. You would think that's the guy you probably should go talk to more. If you were trying to figure out how to still sell a lot of real estate and not look like a realtor. Yeah. It goes back to something else. You know, it started, my goal was to have a business that didn't depend on me sitting in a living room to make money. That was it. That was my goal. As simple as that. Some people's goal, though, is to sell as many houses as possible or to make every dime possible. By the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That just was never my number one priority. That's plain and simple. That's what it came down to. We were at a mastermind. I don't even know what state we were in. It was probably six, seven months ago. And someone said something there. I can't remember who it was, but Dave and I reference it often when we talk is, what's your goal? We take... I think we've got to realize that even though we might have great friends in this industry and we might be close to some of them, we all have like different goals. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm only picking up my phone because I happened to just save this tweet that, because I'm getting ready for an interview tomorrow. And I was reminded that it was his tweet. So I put it in my notes. This was under good investing skills, but I'm going to change that to good skills or good business operating skills. There's a few of them here. But the last one that he tweeted was identify what game you're playing and not being persuaded by people that are playing different games. That's the problem with the comparison thing is if you're out trying to sell as many homes as you can to take and take home 97% of your income of the income, you're literally playing a much different game than I am. So we can't, it's going to, not that we can't compare and contrast things, but it's, if we don't both know that when we're saying I do this and you do that, that we're going to lose something. Something's going to be lost in translation if we're not aware. Yeah. Yeah. It's that can be, I don't know who said it. I, I wish I could reference more people, but I just listened to a lot of stuff. Someone was talking about, uh, what, what was it? Was it Dustin Runyon? I'm trying to think of what he, uh, we'll go on to another point, but anyway, so let's talk about, I want to go into now like profit and losses. So that's a conversation that like when I'm going to a lot of masterminds, we, it's a hard one to get really clear on because people have to get super vulnerable to have this topic. So we can throw around like uh, percentages or what did we take home type stuff. But wh what are your thoughts on like profit and losses as like business owners? I'm trying to get, I've always been pretty 
good with my money. But I'm realizing now as I'm like scaling a business and having more employees that I've got to bring in smarter people now. Like I just, I barely got to the eighth grade, but I'm like, I run a pretty legit business and I'm like, I barely got to the eighth grade. So there's some people now that I got to bring into my life. And I'm like, almost, it's weird though, dude, maybe you went through this, but like I'm sitting on a zoom with, I'm sitting on a zoom with like my bookkeeper and they're telling me what's up with my business. And it feels very like weird when you're like, Hey, cause I'm like, I know my mission is to go sell real estate and I'm clear about what, what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And I bring them in and now I'm sitting on a 30 minute coaching call and they're just like, Hey, this is where you're at. And I'm like, thank you for letting I get off and I'm like, thank you for letting me know about my business. Like you should know it, but I'm also like, I've got people around me that are like actually controlling it, not controlling it, but telling me my blind spots that maybe I wouldn't see, which, what is your overall thoughts on profit and losses? Because that is what in the point of owning a business to have a profit. Yeah. So no. why wouldn't that? So if the point, like if we all said, what's the point of having a business and we can all go into I love what I do. Yeah, I but none of that, but that stuff doesn't pay the bills. I, I love when people say that though. They're like, I love doing this. And don't get me wrong. So I'm gonna have clients who listen to this and they know I still love the process of getting a home sold. Me too, but I still have mouths to feed. There you go. So let's talk about that. Why is Why can we say like the point of owning a business is to have a profit, but the conversation that we don't wanna have the most about is profit. And why is it probably the most confused topic that when you ask, I don't know, Kevin, I don't know how many people, dude, in the last three months that have told me I'm out of money or I don't know anything about what's going on in my business. I don't know anything about my finances. I don't. So it's like, we're goal, open a business and go, to make a profit. And then the one topic we don't know anything about, but they could be like, Oh, I know that this appraisals at this. And I know this buyer needs to get into that house. How, why are we not focused on this topic more? Dustin Runyon shared something with me called Fofo. So we've all heard of FOMO, fear of missing out. FOFO is fear of finding out, okay. right? I think a lot of us have FOFO. And I think, I, in fact, I think 100% of people have FOFO about different things. Not everybody has it about profit, but a lot of us in our industry have it about profit. It It's a certain, there's a certain amount of maturity that forces upon you or that you have to be able to, to welcome that into your life. My coach had the mm -hmm. same business coach since January of 2011. Okay. He's a numbers guy, right? And he said to us, I'll never forget, I think it was like our first or second coaching call, January 2011. He's, how do you guys know if you made a profit? And we're like, we literally, our honest answer was, the bank account is bigger on the 31st than it was on the 1st? I don't know. That's the answer. And he's, yeah, that's not good enough. So he forced us into leveling up. I was fortunate that I had a coach and a mentor who really understood the, the language of business, which is math, and forced us into a profit and loss. That's where David Patiglio and Streamline Business Solutions for us came in, and we, we literally hired them before they were them. It was David, and David had a full-time job. He was helping us and two other realtors on the side when he started that company. Now he's got eight or 900 real estate clients and many other outside of real estate. But it's the fear of finding out. And it's the fear of, it's the fear of it. F you said something a week ago, I think it was a week or two ago, or no, maybe it, Trevor said it to me because you said it to him, which is you got to make decisions then and you have to face reality. And sometimes we don't want to make decisions because we like somebody or we like being associated with this CRM. Maybe there's a great community that this CRM company has built and we don't want to give that part up, but financially it's a bad decision. 
And so if I had to go, if I was a, if I was a publicly traded company and I'm the CEO and I had to go defend my decision or lack of decision to a board of directors, how would they respond to me? Right. Cause when you have a profit and loss, especially when you do like the way you just talked about, which is the same way for an idea, which is there's a third party there who reviews it with us. You, there's a dose of reality that you're, that's forced upon you. Granted, it doesn't make you act, but it is a certain level of reality that is forced upon you. And if you're mature and you want to continue to mature, you're going to make decisions based on that. Yeah, we use the same company and, and thank you for referring them to me. It's probably been two years now and I went through stages with them. So I first, my company grew a little bit bigger probably about two and a half years ago. It got just a little bit out of my hands, yeah. right? I just started building and I was like, whoa, like this is still being in production. It got a little bit bigger. So I used to always do our books. And, and I think this was cool to reconcile this thought is I actually genuinely for about 20, since I was about 12 years old, my mom, like I would get my bank statement in the mail. We would flip over the statement and we'd reconcile my checking account. So it was just something that was ingrained in me in my household Really? Yep. We, dude, we, my mom was finances. She was a business owner and I was not good at school. And so she was like, she could see the business person in me. And so I think I was so thankful for her because she wasn't that mom that was like, Hey, you got to bring home an A. She was like, Hey, let's see where you're like, what are you good at in life? And let's like, let's shape that. This might not be the traditional school system. So anyways, I would do that. And so I then would do that when I got my job at Chick-fil-A. And then when I started my skateboard shop at 16, like I would do that there. And so like I did, and then when I got into real estate, I did it there. And so I always did the books, always did the books for us. And I actually enjoyed it. And I would still say the core of me, I have this sense of joy in doing the books, but then it just got bigger than me. And I started realizing like, no, like I knew how to do the books from 12 to 35. And then I had to look at it and say, hey, even if I thought I enjoyed this, maybe it was a lie, I don't know. But even though I said I enjoyed it, I had to stop. This is a business. I don't yeah. get to do sometimes the things that I enjoy. So like it got bigger where I was like, no, we need smarter people. I might like this role for two hours a, a week or three hours a week, but like this needs someone else that's smarter than me. And so when I hired the same company that we use, Streamlined, they started giving me my P&Ls a little bit differently than I was doing. I was like, oh, wait, you went to school for this? I didn't. So even though I knew how to grow it to where I got it to, I had to walk away and say, I'm not the best person. Like it got bigger than my brain. You need to do this. I'm not going to like force sell my owner or my P&L. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to actually hire somebody. And people are like, I'm going to save the expense. And I was like, don't do that on the most important thing in your life or most important thing in your business, I should say. So from there, then I went, they would do my P&Ls and I review them. And then I'm starting to look at those P&Ls and it got, the company got bigger. And now I'm like, I think someone needs to like read this to me. And that's when I started doing their coaching call once a week. So for 30 minutes, she gets on the phone with me and she reads my P&L. And she's like, this is where you are based on your GCI on other companies. And then she'll just look at me and be like, hey, you're a little heavy on salaries, but you're really low on cost of sales. And I'm like, oh, that's because my showing partner is yeah. a salary. So my cost of sales down. So I have to like, but it's cool though, because. I have to justify things to her. And sometimes I'm right. Like, oh yeah, I forgot that Chris. She has a lot of clients, but I'm like, no, remember like my salaries are a little bit higher because of my cost of sales down. That's like, that one's sexy because this one's high. So that's why, but it's nice to be able to defend some of my decisions. But then it's also nice to be like, you just have one person. Cause I'm the CEO, right? There's one person that's looking at my business. that's not the CEO. And they're like, are you cool with this? And I'm like, no. And they're like, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, 
That's for me to find out. And that goes back to what you said, like decisions. We don't want to step on the scale because the decision might be good. We have to go to the gym. Don't want to step on the scale because it might not be chips and salsa. We don't want to step on the business scale because we might have to let someone go or we have to start letting go of systems. And that's weird. And what I'm finding, and I'm being very vulnerable, this is our decisions, I think, decisions aren't hard to make. Decisions are hard to make when other people are going to ask you why you made that decision. So I'm like, actually, every decision I want to make usually in life is not that complex. It's complex when I think, oh, what if Kevin hits me up and he's like, why'd you let that person go? Or what if Fred hits me up and he's like, hey, why aren't you doing that anymore? And I've got to defend my P&L. But then I started realizing, and I just decided this about a week ago, is I don't got to defend shit. You know what I mean? This is my business. And if someone hits me up on that decision, I should just be comfortable with enough to say, because that's what the business needed. No emotion. Not like, is Chris doing good? Is he doing bad? I'm really clear on, and I know someone personally who like cleared so much off the deck. And if you didn't know this person, you'd be like, did his like profit go down? But that was his decision of clearing the deck, not caring about what people thought about him, was the reason why he's one of the most profitable realtors that I'm hanging around with right now. Yeah. And so I'm like, wow, to go through that thought process of, most people looking from the outside in his business be like, whoa, are times bad? But I know this dude personally. And I'm like, no, times are good. Times and that's are really good. Leaders lead. And people who don't care about what other people think just provide for their family and have no, they have no care outside of, I've just got to build this business the way I want to build it, make what I got to make for this. And I don't care what other people's opinions are. And I'm going through that stage right now, man. Like pride can be, my mom talks about it often. Like pride can get into your life and your business. And you start thinking about what other people are like, thinking about you. And I'm like, but then you go back to what it's no one's thinking about you because they're thinking about what other people are thinking about. And I'm like, what are we doing here? What, what does Rodney say? There's not business problems. There's just person. Like, how does he say there's it. no business problems. They're just personal problems. And you're running a business, something like something that. I'm like, that effect. that's dead off. There's no business problems. You have personal problems and you run a business. And so it's just really all personal problems. I'm talking to myself, no one else. So it's, it's true across the board. So I started to I was, like I said, I've known you for probably 18 years from afar, but it's interesting, bro, of how we like met each other and you didn't know me. So for 16 years of our career, you had no idea who I was. I knew who you were and it was going to a short sell class. And so you just, what I've noticed about you, man, that I've really like, when I think of you, I think of not, I think of owning a real estate business, but I also think of somebody who puts on masterminds, somebody who like curates people to get in rooms. And that's what I'm telling you, I'm in a, I want to give you props because I was thinking about this on the way here and I was like, okay, so I met you 18 years ago or so at your short sale mastermind, not mastermind class. class I think there was 300 yeah. people, dude. Like you had, do you remember when you rented out like something downtown? I remember that day. Dude, there was like 300 people in that room and you were talking about short sales and I was so eager to learn this topic and knew that I didn't know anything about it. You did. Went there, paid for a ticket, learned so much and just went on like for four years did short sales, not anything at the level you were, but obviously you were teaching it. You should have did it at the level you were at. I was just learning it. Yeah. And it was so cool, man, to learn your systems there. And then it made you realize that like, people want, people probably wanted, like people would probably hit you up at that time. Like, will you coach me? Or will you do this? Will you talk to me for nine hours? I think what's going to some of this high level stuff that you do, you just spark a vision for those already personally productive people. It's not like I don't need 19 hours of your time. Like you were up there and I saw you 
you said what your process was. I'm already a go-getter by nature, so I just need to see like a vision. Oh, he's did it and he's doing it that way. That part won't work, but everything else will. Yeah. Let's plug and play this into my business. Dude, and I went on a run for several years of doing short sales because of what you taught, man. So you didn't even know I was in the crowd that day, but I knew who you were and you changed, like you changed the trajectory of my life. Like I got, I literally have chills telling you the story because you never knew that dude. But like at that time, only so many people were going to do short sales. And at the age I was at and the grit that I had, I was the dude. Like there were yeah. people coming off of, this is how I look at it. We're like, when a year and a half ago, when like the, the market turned here, I had people hit me up and they're like, the market's hard, the market's hard. And I'm like, you, this is all I thought of is I had told myself, I knew this was coming. I could see this like in my career gonna happen. I knew we we're gonna go on a run. There was gonna be this time. Like when I was 22 and got in the business, there was these dudes in my office at Windermere. And they'd be like, man, Chris, if you'd only been in the game like a year and a half ago, you'd have made like 900,000 off what you close. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have made 120 off selling 40 homes. <laughs> and so I realized like perspective was off. Like they were a little bitter because they were making more off a transaction. Now they're making less. I was coming from construction. So this was all good. So it shows you right their perspective. Anyways, I went to your mastermind or class, I should say. Game changer, dude. I appreciate you. Like Thanks. you didn't know that. And that's why when I teach classes now, I realize, dude, there's somebody in there. I don't care if there's two people there or 500 people there. There's somebody in 15 years, it's 20 and I'm 39 now. That's going to be like, Hey, Bowers was influential in my career and he doesn't even know it. I call those mentors from afar. Yep. Anytime I say, Oh, that's a mentor from afar. Someone I listen to, I follow, they would have no idea who I am. And so first, what made you start doing those? And then let's talk about like how we reconnected two years ago by me coming to one of your like high level masterminds that I really love. You have a few of them a year and I will do anything to get in that room from, I'll go as far as one of them, some things got changed around and I canceled, a Bre I, I think it was Breckenridge. I canceled a vacation. And I remember you being like, dude, don't cancel your vacation. And I was like, you don't like, don't tell me. Like, right? Like <laughs> you can't tell me the importance of this in my business. So it was one of those times where I'm like, no, thank you. It was thoughtful. Hey, go with your family. And I was like, cool. They're good. I got to be here. I need to provide for my family. And so first, what made you start doing those a long time ago? And then what has made you carry on still doing them? I think what started them was a desire to, I know, actually, I know for a fact what started it a desire to share good and accurate information. It, the short sale thing specifically started with, Fred and I were doing short sales. We were starting to have success. I went to a short sale class and it was the worst class I'd ever been to in my life. The, the short sale, the instructor started the class with, don't do short sales, they're bad for your business. By the way, it went downhill from there. That was the best thing he said for three hours. <laughs> so that it, the desire to start came from a, came from this desire to share truth with people, help empower people. And that's something that's really important to Fred and I. I'll speak only for myself, but the reason it's important for me is because I'm also always seeking that out. I also have a lot of mentors from afar. I'm always trying to get myself in rooms where I think I might be able to pick something up and where I can, I love the way you talked about, you heard my process and then you went, Mostly, this one part doesn't work, but I'm the same way. I'll pick and choose. I'll, I'll go to an event for three days. And if I walk away with one little nugget, 
that I can come home each week, I see it as valuable, like as time well spent. And so I think the desire to deliver that was fun, like fun for me. It's exciting. I say this gratefully, like with what you just shared with me, I've lost count of emails and text messages and phone calls and quick stops in the hall at big events of people saying something very similar. It never gets old. So just to know, like I always say, I wrote down a long time ago, like that part of my purpose in life has to be able to make people be better for having known me period end of story. That's it. That's the whole sentence. Right. And so for me, teaching and bringing content is one of the ways I can do that. It evolved over time. At first, it was just like, this is, I wanted to get truth out there. And then it was like, we really wanted to share the truth and we wanted to have fun and make money doing it. And so it evolved. And then simultaneously, I'm putting myself in these rooms. I'm writing checks to get into rooms and I'm getting so much value out of it that like you talk about the full circle thing with the smaller masterminds that we put on, that came from a desire to want to have to want to continue to have that room because I want to be in the room myself. And there's like, at the end of the day, there's value for me. There's value for my friends. And again, it comes back to, I'm adding value to my friends. And I also know it's an easy way to bring value to people that I don't yet know so that I might be able to be in relationship with them. It's, it's a win win scenario. There's really no losing to that. And I, I think this other piece that I've discovered about myself recently, really through the help of my coach, Camille, I enjoy, a lot of times I feel like I have a key. Like I've got a key to these doors that I only have the key because we did this in the short sale day and we did this in the expansion world. And we've sold five, 600 houses a year. Sometimes I get more credit than I deserve. But the good thing about that is, is it gives me a key sometimes. And so then I get to go, hey, Chris, come with me. I've got a key that like, I know that the gatekeeper isn't going to give you, but I'm going to because you're my friend. And I see going back to the thing you and I talked about when we were talking about hiring is I see where you, you, you want to go and I see your ability. And so I'm going to go, dude, come with me. And so I think that's really where it stems from. Yeah, the key is a cool, that's a cool like framework in your head. I feel like. You gave me the key for a minute, like at NLA Live. Yeah. Like you were like, I just felt like I was like, okay, like I'm going to go speak in front of more people that I've ever spoken to ever. And just when you messaged me, I was like, well, there's a lot of people that you could bring up here. And so I just felt like that was it. Hey, that's somebody who's trying hard. And I feel like I should give him the key. So as you're saying that, I just processed that. I'm like, maybe that was, maybe he was giving me the key. Maybe Let that was the clear. key. You deserved the key. Okay. That day, the list of people that wanted to speak at that event, but didn't get to is bigger than the list of people that did speak. And the people that did speak, they were like, we very purposely chose everybody for a reason. And it all starts with number one, they're not assholes. Like that's the <laughs> first qualifier. By the way, we had pace that day. He could have been an asshole. I wouldn't have known, but I didn't think he was because we had a mutual friend. And though he was so gracious, by the way, Pace was amazing. Not just speaking, I just mean as a guy, like as a dude who didn't have, didn't know me, didn't have to do shit for us and still did it. I, I love that. Um, but every person was chosen for a reason and like you deserve the key. Like that's it. 
I think people, more people need to hear your message. That's it. End of story. That's my qual. That was my qualifier for you. But yeah. to, to go on. Yeah. So to go back to that, I just had that framework. Literally Camille and I worked on that in the last few months where she's like, you got like a set of keys to backstage that you're using strategically for your yeah. key, for your relationships and your friends. Yeah, you're super methodical with it. I've got a few people in my life that I follow. And for example, one's Dave Z, Dave Zajensky. He's my go-to guy for just like building an assembly line of a business. You're someone that I look up to and just curating relationship and authentically doing it. There's no pitch to it. Like you just genuinely are curious about people. And you're just like, I was probably about a year ago where I had decided, I'm just going to get my own microphone on my own stage. I, everyone does that at their own level. Yeah. So I'm, there's no nothing great that I'm doing. I just decided I'm just going to grab the mic and build my own stage. And that's something that like, I feel like you inspired. Cause I'm like, that's just someone who I look up to in a way where I'm like, he's doing a lot of cool stuff. But then I've also seen you do it from the beginning. And I don't feel like anyone gave you like this permission. I feel like everybody's waking up every day and they're just like, who's going to give me permission to be a leader? And I'm like, leaders lead. Yeah. I always say to my whole crew of people, I'm like, leaders lead. You go lead and that makes you a leader. It's no keys that are given to you. No one comes to you and they're like, hey, you go lead. And you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to step up. Can you give me the book on leading now that I got anointed the leadership role? Leaders lead. Yeah. And then winners win. You just, you go win and you're a winner. It's not, oh, I'm, you're a winner. And now you win. It's winners win. It's leaders lead. And so I've always seen that. And you just, you make the stage, you get the microphone. And I've seen that from doing events that are two, 300 people from back in the day. Then pulled off NLA live, which had a lot of people that looking from that afar, I was like now doing a little bit, trying to get 50 people in a room. I'm like, that takes a lot of work. So I look at everything from that angle when I'm at those places, but probably one of my favorite ones that I'm enjoying anymore with you is the stage is good, but there's something about like, the think differently that you pull off that like it's more intimate. And I remember getting invited to one probably two and a half years ago. I was at over at HomeSmart and I got invited to one and, you know, can pull the whole like I'm busy, I'm this and that. And then someone mentioned that people were flying in and getting hotels and I'm thinking like, wait, what? Like this is 27 minutes from my house. <laughs> and there's realtors around the country that are getting on planes and buying hotels and telling their kids that they're gonna be gone for two and three days. And I just gotta drive on the 101 for 27 minutes and pop in for five hours and go home. That's what made me make that decision. And then when I did, there was probably 50 people in that room and it was very intimate. And it was like, what you did that was so cool was there was no agenda. It was like the whole just let's like, raise your hand if you have a problem. And then when we get to that problem later, raise your hand if you have the solution. And it was really a cool collaborative way for everyone to say, I have a problem, here's a solution. And everyone can leave feeling like they contributed and everyone could leave feeling like they were vulnerable and got help. And yeah. so that's what I love about those things. Dude. Like I left, I don't know if it was the first or second one, but I know I've told you the story plenty of times, but dude, you had one person in there that talked. And I think I saved like $198,000 on my taxes that year. Just now, I told that story before and they're like, oh, Chris, it's because you had the 20 rental properties. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. There's someone in that room that has a story maybe they're not telling loud enough that they learned something at whatever their stage was or whatever their problem was. So that was a pain point, dude, that I didn't even walk into that room knowing I had. 
I knew the IRS takes a little bit too much of my money. Like I've always said, they're my lazy uncle, Sam, that like my silent partner, that's not too silent. And I can't get out of my life, but they're there and I got to keep supporting them. But I knew I had that problem, but like I went in there, dude, and that wasn't, I had a list of problems I want to talk about and that just got brought up and I'm like, wait, so not only did we solve the problems that I put on the list, we solved a huge problem that I didn't even know I had outside of just paying too much in taxes. And dude, that guy changed like $198,000. So when someone's, oh, I don't know, what would I learn from that? I'm just like, maybe this isn't for you. Or just, oh, I'm busy that day. And I'm like, maybe you are. Keep that commitment. You know what I mean? I know what these are going to do. And what's interesting is when I go to the next one, that's why I canceled Breckenridge that trip. Because that was like my fourth one. So when someone, you were like, hey, dude, don't cancel Breckenridge. I'm thinking like, oh, we find another 198 G's, dude. <laughs> like that first class trip only cost me a little bit of dough, right? I can cancel that. Like I need to know what's up in this mastermind. And what's cool about what you've always did is the industry always changes. But what I know, bro, is like in that room, that's smart people. You always say, you said it recently on a podcast I was listening to, you said, you just try to get smart people in a room. Just put smart people in a room and let smart people be smart. The reason I say that is because what I learned over time is one of the rooms I was in, nobody else was allowed to be smart except for the one guy in the front of the room. <laughs> and that, that, that was okay when there was a, earlier in my career when I probably needed more of an instructor and less of a facilitator. But what I realized is this person only knows how to be an instructor and that's okay. But it wasn't, it was no longer what was going to serve me the most. And so when Fred and I decided to do this, put on these events, these think differently, we just decided that would, the goal was to literally just let smart people be in there. Now, here's the key to that though. You have to put smart people in the room. And I know that can sound tough and, but you've been to every single, pretty much every single one of these, or maybe not every single one, but almost all of them. There is a filter to get in that room. Mostly that filter is me as a person, like Kevin Kaufman. And if it's not me, then it's Fred, right? So we're personally inviting everybody. And we're very strategically mixing the group, meaning I know your business model kind of looks like this and you're a high performer. And then we've got this other guy over here that has a mega team that did $10 million in GCI in Dallas last year. And then we got right next to him is this is someone else who I didn't know personally, but the person that got permission for her to come, I do know personally, which is what she was already in the room. So she's like the solo agent doing 125 deals a year, writing handwritten notes every day for lead gen, right? So it was like, I purposely have this big mix. So I'm curating who gets in the room. I'm filtering who gets in the room as well. And I make up, make believe they're literally, I just made it up when you're like, what does somebody need to be at to get in the room? And I was, I think I told you, I was like, I did, if they're a solo agent, they got to be doing at least $10 million a year. Cause that, I'm not having a conversation about lead generation and how to get a deal. Like I want to protect the conversation. But the reality was, is I just said that to, to have some filter. Yeah. If you would have known somebody who does 9.5 million and they're really great at this one thing, I'd have been like, heck yeah, bring him in. But the thing is, I know you and I trust you. And so if you ask me permission to bring someone in, I'm already saying yes, because you're now the filter instead of me knowing that person. And 75% of that room, I actually know personally. 
And so as long as I've got the strong enough mix, I need to be able to, the way I look at it is the conversation's very free flowing for sure. But I also will shut somebody down when I need to shut somebody down. I've seen it. Yeah. And it's not out of dislike for that person that I'm shutting down. It's out of respect for everybody's time in the room and for the level of conversation. And yeah, dude, I just believe if I put smart people in the room, something good's going to come out of it. Yeah. It's your talent. Like I will say that Kevin Kaufman is a curator of cool relationships. Like the people that I know in my life right now, like I, this, once again, it's just, I get chills sometimes on certain things uh, and a little emotional, but Brittany and I were talking about me turning 40 and she's, she was like, Hey, do you want to have a party for this? And I was like, nah, I'm not really a party person. And she's, she's like, who would we even invite now? Cause you have so many friends. And she's like, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that a few years ago it would have been like three people. And when we talked like, this is last night, dude. Wow. And she said, you have so many friends now. We, I, it would actually be hard to plan because who we probably get people that would text now or message and say like, why didn't I get an invite? I, me being me, I messaged, not message. I talked to her, we were on the couch. I was like, let's not plan one because it sounds like too much work. It's four days and I have a really busy schedule. I'm actually would rather not have the party versus doing any of the work. So I'm just like, nah, I'm good. But she's, I feel like this would be like your first party where like people would message you and be like, Hey, why don't I get an invite? And I'm like, that's why I don't want to do it. So if someone else wants to do it, cool, but I'm not doing it. And as we sat there, I was thinking in my head of all the people and every one of them, dude, is like somebody that I've met in one of your rooms or somebody that's we're business partners with at EXP for, I'm the first guy dude that for 16 years of my career was like broker like broke, like we're going to have a topic on a broker. No, nah, I'm good, dude. I was at HomeSmart for years. I was at Keller Williams for many years. I was at HomeSmart for many years, all great companies. But like I started getting, and I was at HomeSmart when I started getting into those rooms. And man, there was sometimes where I was like on the leaderboard of a company that had what, seven, 8,000 agents in the Valley. And sometimes I remember one month I got number one. And do you know what that feeling is like when you get number one and you're wearing your sweatpants and a sweater at home with a backwards hat on and you're just like, How's everyone else doing then? Because I was getting the text messages from people, dude. I'm getting the text message like, dude, props. Good job. And I'm just like, I think. Feels better to chase. I think the uh, therapist needs some therapy. That's yeah. what my brain thought, dude, when I'm getting these props from people. I'm like, I think the therapist might need some therapy. And that's all my brain could think of as everyone was. There's a lot of times like you get congratulated from afar and you're just like, for what? just waking up and doing stuff. And so it made me realize, I'm just like, when I started getting into these masterminds, this one that we're talking about, that's when I realized I was like, I've been on record for saying community. Don't people have families? Don't they have friends? People will be like, oh, I got friends in, in the business. And I'm like, I got friends. You know what I mean? I got a family. Oh, our, our broker is like a family. I'm like, I got a family. I don't want to be disrespectful to my family to say that this is a family. This is a collective crew of people with some goals in common that we like each other. I got a family. I don't need this, but man, it was going into, was, to go back to the point yesterday, like when we were talking about that party and just dude, or Brett, you or Chris, you would have a lot of people. And I was like, I thought of you, dude. And we were already had this plan. So maybe you were just on my mind, but I was like, he curated that room and not only that room, but he curated the feeling in my life, dude. And like when people say what a brand is, you have a brand. People don't realize their last name is a brand and Coffin is a brand. And when I think of Kevin Coffin, I think good dude, because you made me feel that way, right? No one 
can take that away from you. When yesterday we're talking about my 40th birthday party, we're talking about now friendships that I have that I didn't have two and a half years ago. And my brain all it thinks is like Kevin, because he's the one who started that. Now it's not the reason for everyone, right? but it's the reason that all started. And I appreciate that, man. Like those rooms, man, from, and a lot of those people, like a lot of people are at EXP. Like a lot of people yeah. in that room are, a lot of people aren't. That's the cool part about it is we're not like all in on this. It doesn't have to be a certain brokerage to be there. I think that's the point, but like I think of some of the things after I even joined EXP that changed for my life, being in a small brokerage. So one thing that I noticed, do you know how many referrals I get now from brokerages or from realtors around the country? Probably a lot. Do you know how many of them you introduced me to? Probably a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I've noticed that on my P&L because we were talking about that conversation a little bit ago, but like agent referrals that have come to me over the last two years now. What's so funny is that's one of the number one, when I talk to agents and I'm like, all right, so we're at EXP, but even when I was at KW and I'd be going to family reunion, but I'm talking to an agent about, yeah, hey, are you on EXP con? And they're like, no, I don't want to go hang out with a bunch of agents. I'm like, dude, worst case scenario, you'll go meet some people that will refer you business. What are you doing? Hiding in your room, staying home, not going out and learning from other people. The referrals alone are worth getting off your ass and going to events. I've received probably six referrals in the last three months from people that you've introduced me to. And I'm thankful for it. I appreciate you. And then I'll even go back to EXPCon. We were in a mastermind in your penthouse. I'm up there. And I'm not really like too social. After the mastermind's done, I'm not really like the small talker, usually. I stayed up there. And I'm talking to this realtor. We're talking about business. And this is a wild story, dude. He was like, hey, I actually have somebody. He was, he's in Arizona, but up north. And he's like, hey, I have a client who I think is going to be buying in Phoenix soon. Cool, man. So the next day after this penthouse mastermind, he refers me. We just exchanged numbers there. He refers me to this person. So then the next day at EXPCon, I'm doing a buyer consultation in my hotel room with the referral that I got from being in your mastermind at the penthouse in Vegas. What was wilder about it is I got a check two weeks later and it was someone that I referred to him his wife. So I didn't know, I couldn't have put this together. I'm busy. And you'll notice that if anybody ever meets me, they'll know like something can be very important going on in my life and I'll forget. So like he was there, we exchanged numbers. I only had his wife's number and I didn't connect the dots. So the next day is, Hey, I got this referral for you. I was like, cool. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Did the consultation the next day with the client was still at the event with him, told him, Hey, I did this. Thank you. And then was going through my phone and saw some stuff. And then a week later, we got a check from a referral that I sent out there. And I was like, wait, then I found out they're married. And do you know what's funny? Do you know how I got the person that I referred up there? You probably text me. You. <laughs> and I was like, hey, do you, know anybody in, do you know anybody in Flagstaff? Yeah. And so I'm like, in what world is three weeks before I'm asking you, hey, Kevin, who can I refer this to? You send me a number. And then three weeks later, I'm in a penthouse mastermind learning about cool stuff. Get a referral from this guy. Next day, I'm doing a buyer consultation. Three weeks later, I get a referral check. And I'm like, oh, wait, connect the dots. And I'm like, Kevin. It's just, it's really funny, dude. And I'm not going to like, the goal of this conversation wasn't to just sit here and hype you up. But I don't think it's ever been noted or on the record that like, you, that, that someone could play such a huge role in your life from afar for 15 years, you meet them 
And then you just get deeper in a relationship where they turn into one of your good friends. You start doing other projects together that are outside of real estate. You start doing cold plunge stuff and talking about saunas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just realize, you just realize like you meet certain people and God has a plan and you're just thankful for it. And sometimes that takes 17, 18 years to fully develop, but just allow it to develop. So anyways, man, that's, I, that's how important those think differently masterminds are. I think there's one so important that I hit up your assistant the beginning of the year, before the beginning of the year, because me and Brittany like to plan. I'm, I've been known to take 20 plus vacations a year. And so I've got to get those on the calendar. Yeah. And so I hit her up and I was like, Hey, do we know like when these are? And so I'm telling you, that's when I text somebody and I'm like, Hey, do you want to go to this thing differently mastermind in two weeks? And they're like, I think I got an inspection at that time. And I'm saying like, man, like I was trying to get your assistant on the phone to figure out when they are. So I can plan my whole entire life around these. And this person lives four doors down from the event. And they're just like, I don't know. Is it really that cool? I don't, so maybe you don't try to change people. Maybe you just realize that like they have their own story. They have their own thought process. They have their own. Because there's things that maybe they, that person would ask me to do. And I'd be like, I'm not doing that. But maybe I don't have the connection to what it's did for my life. So I'm not, you know, they're not translating it over to me the correct way. So that's what I've noticed. Like when people are like, hey, I, I'm not going to go to that because. And it sounds so lame. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I try to stay healthy in my thought process. Oh, okay. I guess I'm not, they don't understand the value to me, like that I have with it. I was having this conversation with someone recently about, they admitted to me like, Hey, I don't want to just go sit in the room and listen to stage talk. And I'm like, dude, I get that, but you're losing more by not sitting in some rooms. Yeah, you might sit in a room for eight hours and seven hours might suck, but the one hour might be worth it. And if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. You can choose to just say no, because you have this viewpoint of what it's like to be around, say, a bunch of other realtors. That's fine, but you could be wrong. You could be wrong. You might find that you meet some people that could help you that might end up growing your business. You might learn to save $200,000 on your taxes <laughs> one day. You just don't know because you're not willing to put yourself in scenarios where something good like that could happen. Yeah. Instead, you're going to go to a fucking inspection or stay in your, like, stay in your lane. I get it. We got to stay focused and we got to do our jobs. But for me, what's really important is also going and putting myself in the room. And just allowing something awesome to happen, being open to something happening. Like Michael Burnoff taught me this years, like probably 12 years ago. He's, I'm open to something serendipitous happening, or I forget the word he used. He's, I'm not looking to create it because then you manufacture shit. I'm looking, I'm open to it. I'm open to the possibilities. So I will put myself in a room open to the possibilities. I will put myself in a class for an hour or two open to possibilities. And I think that if more of us did that, we'd find that there's a lot more common ground we have with people and we have a lot more value that we could both give and receive by doing that. But people are unwilling to do that with what they perceive as their work time. Yeah. And I don't, here's how I look at masterminds, like the ones we do. I don't keep score of individual masterminds. I collectively group them together at the end of the year and say, 
was this productive? Because there's a mastermind or two that I'll go to and I'll be like, hey, I didn't learn a lot, but maybe I was the contributor at that one. Yeah. Maybe that was my time to help somebody. So maybe I didn't come out of there and all groundbreaking stuff, but maybe somebody left something I said that was groundbreaking for them. So there's gotta be contribution there and there's gotta be someone to receive it. And so I just realized I'm like, I don't keep score on how much I was fed at these things. I keep a collective healthy that you've got to, someone's got to be contributing. Somebody's got to be receiving. And maybe that was my time to contribute to that one. Yep. But by golly, the next one, I'm like, that's my time to shut my mouth and listen. Cause there's someone smarter in that room. And I listen, I'm like, Oh, duly noted. Like I know my level here. And so that's what, I, that's how I look at masterminds is because if someone just leaves one, okay. Like they just score that one. It's not like the most healthy way. I think it would be like meeting anybody one time and trying to size them up on that one. I'm like, just if someone vouches for them, meet them on, meet them in five different settings. Like after they've ate, after they've taken a nap, let's collectively look at this person as a human being for a few weeks and see what we think is like a full score. But yeah, that's how I look at the masterminds. So I'm just like, Hey, like at the end of the year, what did I learn? So in one year, bro, I obviously that one, I saved like 200 G's. That's like my most one that I can note the highest, but ISA model. Yeah. Form there. My VA model, form there. A lot about finances, form there. Showing partner model, form there. You know, maybe I've heard this stuff from people on stages, but that's the part about stages. It's okay, you got 10 minutes to talk about a lot of stuff. And I'm like, did we get granted? And that's the hard part about these masterminds. Some of ours are granular where you're like, whoa, like your brain freaking hurts. I think stage talk is selling a vision usually, like a company's trying to go a certain direction and yeah. they're curating conversations to keep people excited about whether we're up in the market or down. It's let's let's raw to a certain way of what the market's doing and let's bring up people to deliver that message that people look up to possibly in that brokerage to deliver that message. And so you get a lot of surface level. I don't think you get a lot of depth. Yep. So I, I like depth. And so these masterminds are granular. There's times where we're, we're talking about stuff and I'm just like, I need this, but man, my brain hurts. And if my brain doesn't hurt when I leave, I don't feel like it was a productive one. Cause that means thought was happening. And that means I'm like, Oh, okay. This person didn't just say, Oh, I sold 140 homes and I have a director of sales and an IS and a showing partner. And you're like, yeah. And everyone's clapping. And I'm like, how about we go into a lot of that? And like, yeah. how did you hire that? What's the profit and loss on that? What's the pain? I would look at that person. And I'm the first one to raise my hand and say, Hey, can you tell me, thank you for the 12 minutes of good. Could you give me the 15 things that were the worst things that happened to you this year by having that model? And if you can't say that out loud, I don't know if you're really running it. And if you can't say all the things that sucked, I'm like, I don't know if I believe you. Cause anything that I've had great happen in my life, I can give you a bunch of bullshit that happened while that happened. So like anything that I have that I'd say like, that was a success. I can give you 12 months while that was going on of just grittiness where I'm like, that sucked, but got to the end goal. And so I look at people like on stage, it's all, it's usually surface talk in the masterminds that you put on. It's very granular. Let's build. Like I said, there's some things I'm like, I don't want to build that check out. Like for this hour, I'm checking out. That might be the time where I might be on my phone, but there's certain times where I'm like, nope, I'm all in. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community, Next Level Agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. 
Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast. And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and more advice in the future.